I could be moving from my office to being one of those absolute degenerates that smells like moldy cheese and death. Grover isn't around as much, but uh, Oscar the Grouch is still around a lot. El Elmo has taken a prominent role. I mean, he's like the main character. That's right. Welcome into another edition of the Godfather and Gorney podcast. My name is Dave Barry, and I am joined by the stars of the show, Adam Gorney and Mike Farrell. Guys, obviously a wild weekend again in college football um, with Ohio State falling to Purdue. So we're going to start right there. Mike, give me your immediate thoughts on that. Immediate thoughts is I wonder why every year they seem to have a bad loss. Urban Meyer is supposed to be a great coach. This probably knocks them out of the playoff contention if, if Michigan wins out or some other programs went out. Um, but this makes no sense to me that they would lose this badly. So, Gorney, you're the Urban Meyer guy. You followed him at Florida. You covered him at Florida. Why do they have a loss like this? Last year with Iowa, a few years ago when they had the most talented team that I've seen in college football in a long time, they lost to Michigan State when he didn't run Ezekiel Elliott. Is this coaching or is this just bad players? No, it's definitely not bad players. I think it's a little bit of coaching. I think it's getting into tough spots, playing at Iowa at night's always tough. But it's the way they're losing. They're, they got blown out by Purdue, um, which is a fine football team, but not exactly on the Ohio State level. If they played, if they played that game ten times, I think Ohio State would probably win eight or nine of them. Um, it's the way they lose. It's the way Urban Meyer sinks on the sideline. It's just the the way that they, as Dwayne Haskins throwing the ball 70 times in the game. You know, when they lost at Michigan State, uh, they didn't run Ezekiel Elliott. So it's these bad losses. But I, I, I do disagree with one thing. I think Ohio State here is fine. If they still control their own destiny, if they win out, they get into the playoff. Um, but, you know, the, the freak out after this is we have so many problems on this team and there, there were so many things masked that we didn't realize. And, you know, if you run the ball, you have J.K. Dobbins and Mike Weber. Your offensive line should be able to beat Purdue's small defensive line. You're, you know, you have five receivers who are all very good. Paris Campbell, K.J. Hill, uh, Terry McLaurin. You have maybe, maybe the best quarterback in the country. Um, you do have a defensive end that quit on your football team. So and we can talk about that. If that played any factor in this team not focusing, getting ready for Purdue, but there is a little bit, and it, and it, and it did peak up when I covered Urban at Florida. There is a little "woe is me" and you know, you know, putting his hands on his knees and looking down, and you know, and and that could be contagious. Um, but it's also a team that's one of the best in the country. And when you go to Purdue on a Saturday night, and Purdue has really not a whole lot to play for and it's not a really exciting football program or you go to Iowa on Saturday night which is a very exciting place to play or you go to Michigan State it, it that's their biggest game of the year Ohio State has to come in every single week ready to play uh, Purdue's offense is very good the quarterback is very good Rondale Moore is one of the best receivers in the country so this is uh, definitely a surprise not a surprise that Purdue won a lot of people thought that this could be a, kind of an upset special on Saturday night and it was but uh, definitely a poor performance by Urban Meyer and his team. So you think if Oklahoma wins out, let's say Clemson, let's say Alabama, and let's say Notre Dame are in. You know, and again, there could be upsets. If you think Oklahoma wins out, uh, faces Texas perhaps in a rematch in the Big 12 championship game, and Ohio State wins out, you think Oklahoma's 
out and Ohio State's in. All I know is that they're going to take the Big Ten champion over the Big 12 champion. Whoever it is, the Big Ten champion is going to be in. Even if it's Oklahoma, though. I mean, it's a big-name program. Yeah, I mean, that's where they get into a little bit of a problem, and I think Oklahoma would have certainly have an argument. Um, but I just don't see a scenario in those TV markets in that part of the country where the Big Ten champion is out. Every week I get these emails from ESPN and ABC that the Ohio State broadcast brought in the most amount of people. Um, the Ohio State replay brought in the second most amount of people. There's absolutely no way in my mind that if Michigan wins out or if Ohio State wins out, they're not in the playoff. I don't think we have to worry about Ohio State winning out after that performance anyways. I, I can't see them. You know, before this weekend, I thought they would win out, but this was such a poor performance. I really don't see, after watching Michigan take care of Michigan State, how good that defense is. I'm not sure how Ohio State's going to handle Michigan. Yeah, and they still have to go to Michigan State. I mean, that's not going to be a guaranteed win, Michigan. And then they'll, they'll play Wisconsin probably, uh, or Iowa. I, I would imagine Iowa still has a chance in that game. But, um, you know, I'm not going to discount this Ohio State team just yet. Uh, after they lost to Iowa last year by 31, they, they let Iowa score 55. They beat Michigan State the following week 48-3. to um, the, You know, so th- this is certainly not um, a team that's going to give up and just pack it in. But I do have to say, this is an Ohio State team um, that didn't look great against TCU, and TCU is not, you know, the most exceptional team in the country. They should have lost at Penn State, uh, and now they lost at Purdue. So, of the teams that were undefeated, you have to look at Ohio State and say, you know, they they were not the one clicking on all cylinders. A lot of people thought that was Clemson, um, but Clemson looks uh, pretty pretty tough now. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I, I would certainly say that that Ohio State Michigan game. I don't think Michigan State's offense can score points, so the, the, their offense is just so bad. Um, but that Ohio State-Michigan game just got a whole lot more interesting, and right now you would think Michigan is the, would be the favored team in that game. Well, is the Michigan State offense really bad because it did look bad, or is the Michigan defense that good? I mean, Michigan's defense is, I think, the best in the country. I would put LSU right up there, put Alabama up there, put Clemson up there. I'm not sure who else I'd put in the top five. Florida. I would definitely put... Florida's defense is very good. I definitely would put Michigan's defense at the top, though, um, and they made Michigan State look really poor. Michigan State is, isn't is a bad team. You know, Lewerke got benched uh, in that game. Uh, I'm sure he'll be back. But um, I, I really i am wondering how good Michigan is. You know, the early loss to Notre Dame, Notre Dame obviously turning out to be a good football team. But you mentioned Ohio State, you know, TCU, Penn State. These are teams that are struggling badly against uh, average opponents. So I'm just, I guess I've I've sort of flipped uh, quite a bit. And and I do think the Boza thing had something to do with it. It did cost them the 49-20 to loss. Right. But I do think that that distraction... um, had this team a little bit less focused than they should be. I, I wrote about the Boza thing. I thought he was quitting on his team. Of course, every snowflake you jerk. Ohio State <laughs> fan in the world told me I was a jerk and you know let me know that it's his right to do that. Of course it's his right to do that. I wrote that. But 
I just don't think that's what you do with with your team. You know, Rashawn Gary's got a shoulder injury. Should he pack it in? Right. Uh, there hasn't been any talk of that happening, and, and I'm not sure if there will be. You know, I think the Bosa distraction didn't help things, but Purdue's a pretty good football team, but they're not this good. I mean, no. I watched them play a couple times earlier this season. They just destroyed them. I mean, yeah. it wasn't even close. The defense looks horrible for Ohio State. That's what worries me the most. I mean, Michigan doesn't have a – a great offense, but they've got an offense that can run the football. They can play power. Uh, they got play action. Shea Patterson can run the ball. You can throw the ball downfield. I'm just really not sold on this Ohio State team after watching this. This wasn't a you know lose by a field goal in an upset in a whiteout. This was lose by 29 points and just get embarrassed by an average football team. Yeah, that's true. And you know, as you look at Michigan this year, and I've watched a lot of them too, and they do look like a different football team. Their defense is still very, very good, just like last year, but now they can score points. They've won every game other than Northwestern by double digits. Beating Wisconsin the way they did was very impressive. Uh, and beating Michigan State the way they did, too, was also very impressive. Now, Michigan, like I, like I said, I don't think Michigan State's offense is very good. Felton Davis went down with an injury, so they had no passing game. They don't use L.J. Scott in the run game anymore, so they really didn't have much to go to offensively, but, um, you know, the way Michigan's offense is, Michigan's defense is so good that their offense just has to move the ball and score a few points, and they're going to win a lot of games. You know, I, I think Penn State coming in there in two weeks, I think Michigan could give them a thumping. Penn State looks like a terrible football team in the last three weeks, and I don't understand why. They're definitely not elite. Uh, Rutgers hmm. and Indiana will definitely be wins, and then going to Ohio State, it all comes down to that game. Um... You know, we can talk Penn State if you want to, but they're kind of irrelevant at this point in the Big Ten discussion. Um, but the way that Michigan played against Wisconsin, they scored 38 points, uh, moved the ball against them. Shea Patterson, um, not exactly putting up the biggest stats, but he keeps plays alive. He keeps the defense honest so they can run the ball with Higdon and Evans. Uh, you know, I, I'm very, very impressed by this Michigan team, but I still think going to Ohio State on November 24th, that game is always a toss-up. Did you see the antics before the game, the Michigan Michigan State game? Oh yeah, yes I did. So stupid. I mean, so, first of all, so Michigan lame. State was stupid, and then Devin Bush was stupid. I'm yes. not sure who was dumber though. It's it's hard for me to to really write about that or, or to think about that because I thought Devin Bush's antics were childish. Yes. Um, I thought he was above that. But then Mark D'Antonio is five feet behind his team as they're marching down the field arm in arm. And they, they did that to provoke that situation. Yeah, and uh, you know Mark D'Antonio said after the game that that was BS and he wasn't going right. to talk about it. But there's video of him standing right behind his there team sure is. With, a, with a smirk on his face like Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. Uh, and, you know, that was dumb. It was, du it was completely stupid that anybody who was in charge of the of – which team should be on the field at what time to have them both on the field at the same time. And it was stupid for Devin Bush to try to kick up the field. It was just a dumb situation overall. Um, you know, Michigan State locking arms hand in hand and their coach walking behind them. And I think they knocked some headphones off of a player. Harbaugh calling it, you know, if anything was smart about it, it was Harbaugh calling it Bush League. Uh, come, you know, sitting under the stadium after beating Michigan State and calling it Bush League, that was actually kind of funny. Uh, but D'Antonio saying it was BS, what, what was B there's video of you walking right behind them. How is that BS? 
I don't know. And again, someone said that they were on the other side of the 50 or whatever. It wouldn't have mattered where the players were. Uh, that was clearly an orchestrated yes. foolish act by Michigan State. And then Devin Bush looked like an idiot trying to rip up the Spartan logo. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, the takeaway from that game is Michigan's starting to get off the schneid here a little bit. You know, that yeah. was a road win against the top 25 team. That hasn't happened in a very, very long time. That's had um, Harbaugh's number, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are happening here. I mean, obviously, people forget how bad this program was under Rich Rodriguez and Brady Hoke. But, uh, you know, now they're in really good shape. They control their own destiny, which is something I don't think we really would have thought um, coming into this season. So if they went out, are they out? If they went out, are they out? No, they got the momentum. They had their first loss, and it's to a top-five team. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State's loss to Purdue is really bad. That's a really bad loss. Now, I agree with you. Obviously, Ohio State gets the benefit of the doubt. Urban Meyer is a superstar coach. Um, they got in the playoff, what was it? Was it last year? Two years ago. Two years, Two years ago. Two years ago when yeah. they shouldn't have? yeah. So, I mean, I get the star power and the ratings and all that other stuff that comes into it, but that's a really bad loss right there, whereas Michigan's one loss is to who? An undefeated top back program. Yeah, at Notre Dame, first game of the season, and it was a seven-point loss. So that loss is much better. Um, you know, Oklahoma's loss was much better, but I, I just still don't think it matters. Some Somehow, some way, they're going to justify If If Ohio State wins out, they're going to justify it. We'll see. It'll be interesting because Oklahoma, I had written them off because I thought Ohio State would win out. I really did. I mean, so much has changed over this past weekend after watching Michigan beat Michigan State. I thought they would win that game by a field goal in a close game. They absolutely swarmed Michigan State. The defense was suffocating. Yeah. Um, I thought Ohio State would easily beat Purdue. I didn't think this was going to be a problem at all. I thought Ohio State would win out, beat Michigan, um, and then Oklahoma would be pretty much out of it regardless because they had no chance. But now Oklahoma's back in it a little bit. And the other interesting part of it is, let's say the SEC, let's say somebody beats Alabama in the championship game. You don't you don't keep Alabama out, do you? Well, you have, you would have to if Georgia no, beats them. No, you wouldn't them. have to. I mean, You could take two, sure. Sure. The SEC. You want to talk about TV ratings. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking the SEC. You know, so so let's say, you know, Georgia runs the table and, and Alabama runs the table and Georgia ends up upsetting them in the uh, championship game, especially as dominant. Let's say let's say Alabama is as dominant as they have been all season long and they lose by a field goal in the SEC championship game. Yeah, do you not take them? I mean, you have to take the SEC champion and then you leave Alabama out. So... I don't know. It's it's become very interesting. Ohio State has no one to blame but themselves. What do you think about the Boza thing? Because I wrote about it and got a lot of flack about it. Now, it's a situation where if he could come back in two weeks and be a, a perfectly healthy, that's one thing. But it seems like a situation where he could come back in two weeks, but he might not be ready for five weeks or six weeks. Uh, shutting it down is never a, a good look. Michigan has done this without Rashawn Gary for two weeks, but he's working to come back. And Rashawn Gary is going to be a first-round draft pick. Uh, Nick Bose is pretty much guaranteed to be maybe the top pick, top three, four pick. We'll see how NFL teams think about this. I don't think 
it's all that bad of a move. If we're talking about what college kids should do, uh, it's to be prepared for the NFL. Now, he is giving up on his team. There's absolutely no doubt about that. He could come back at some point this season if they're making a run to the national championship. It's not like he's playing on a team that's not bowl eligible that won't be in a bowl. Um, sure, he's giving up on his team, but if he, you know, if he admits that he's giving up on his team, preparing for the NFL is a good thing. It does make him. It will make NFL teams question his competitive level, though. There's no doubt about it. How, how would you not? If if now, he gets hurt, why why quit and leave the team? I know. I, I, I just don't. Under, yeah, I don't know. Just just do what Rashawn Gary's doing. Rehab, and then yeah. you know, even just lie. Say you, you're not ready to come back in December. Yeah, exactly. There's no way if he goes to the Ohio State training staff and says, I still don't feel well, that they're going to put him in the game. So th- there's just, there's really, uh, there's no understanding for it. I, I don't blame kids for saving their bodies for the NFL. I don't blame, you know, s- you know David Shaw not running Bryce Love nearly as much to save his body for the NFL because, you know, they're playing for free right now. But, but leaving the team... Uh, going to train for the NFL mid-season after you get hurt, uh, that sets a really bad precedent. I hope the NFL uh, takes a hard look at that because what I don't want college football to become is you redshirt one year, you play one year, you get your NFL status, then you then you get you know an injury or you just kind of sit out your third year and go to the NFL because that will ruin the sport. Yeah, and it's almost what Clowney did, except Clowney played. And Steve Spurrier basically called him out on it and said that he's, he's just kind of sitting around. Right. But at least he didn't quit on the team. Like, be with the team, be on the sidelines, root on your teammates. These are guys. You're, he's also, by the way, he's a captain. Yeah. I mean, that's what really bothered me is that you're a captain and you just quit on your team. You know, just stay with the team, rehab, work with the doctors. You don't have to go off and train for the NFL now, especially when you're injured. What are you going to do? I mean... What what amazing training are you going to be able to do when you have a core injury? Right, exactly. Um, stay with the team, stay on the sidelines, show your support. These are guys that you've bled with and, and worked hard with. That's what really bothered me about the whole thing. And I, I don't know. It's just – but I was in the minority. I mean, there was nobody defending my take on this, which was well, that pump- he was a quitter. We live in a PC world, though, Mike. You can't come out against anything or anybody. Everything is it's the amazing. Feel-good and you story. can't call a twenty-year-old a quitter. No, you, you can't. can't. No, and, and and it's interesting too that this, you know, Joey Bosa was injured too. I mean, he missed the first four weeks of his rookie season uh, because of injury. You know, I, I wonder how much the the NFL is definitely going to take a serious look at this. Behind the scenes, you know, as, as I read that Aaron Hernandez piece in the Boston Globe, Urban Meyer was talking very negatively about Aaron Hernandez to NFL teams, as he probably should have been. I wonder behind the scenes, uh, and before any Aaron Hernandez, Nick Boza comparisons come out, stop them right there. I'm just saying that people behind the scenes, I'm sure Urban Meyer is not thrilled with this decision. I'm sure Nick Boza's position coaches are not thrilled with this decision. So I wonder what they're going to say to NFL teams about his decision to leave the team mid-season because he had a core injury. And people think I hate Boza. You know who his, you know who his dad was? His yes. dad was an All-American at Boston College. You should love him, John John Boza. Of course I love him. His dad was a first-round draft pick out of uh, Boston College for the Miami Dolphins. I mean, we're talking about Boston College. You know, this is a family that is true to my heart. 
Yeah. And but yet I don't like what I see. And I said the same thing about Jalen Hurd when he quit on his team. Right. And Tennessee fans didn't get upset because they agreed with me that he quit on his team. I said the same thing about Christian McCaffrey when he skipped the bowl game. Same thing about Leonard Fournette when he yep. skipped the bowl game. Yep. I wrote when Jalen Smith got injured, I wrote that this was going to happen. This was years ago. I knew this was a trend that was going to start. Now, I didn't know it would be shut it down at the middle of the season. But next is exactly what you're talking about. You know, yeah. you, you play a year and a half, you play two years, um, and then you just shut it down your entire junior year. Yeah. And you just sit out and wait. And it's going to happen. And whoever does it, I again, like you said, I hope the NFL takes a hard look at them because those guys are just looking to cash a rookie contract, and that's it. They're not looking for anything beyond that. Now, again, your second contract is your big one in the NFL, and Joey Boza will get a great contract. And he didn't sit out or anything like that. There was some talk of him not going to certain teams if he was drafted and all this right. sort of stuff. But, um, but Nick Boza, he'll be drafted top five. He'll get his rookie contract. And then we'll see what happens. I think he's a great talent. I think he's a tremendous talent. Part of that is the reason why I'm so upset about it. Because we get robbed of seeing the best defensive player for Ohio State play when the games mattered. Now, of course, after this loss to Purdue... Games don't matter nearly as much, uh, but they're still in the playoff hunt, and they could use him rehabbing and coming back and maybe perhaps his support as a team captain. But it sends the worst message possible to everybody. Would you say Would you say the same thing about Rashawn Gary, another player that you have tremendous amount of respect for if he doesn't come back yeah, this year? Yeah, I would be upset. I mean, if he came out and said, you know, I don't want to hurt my shoulder anymore, I'm going to shut it down, I would be upset. You know, and again, I don't know... John Boza, I know Rashawn Gary's mother a little bit. Um, you know, I don't know their family values, and I don't know their financial situation. I don't know anything about what goes into the decision. But I just know that I'd be upset. Yeah. And uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't. I don't think Harbaugh plays that. I don't think uh, Don Brown plays that. I don't think they're giving that kid the leeway to do that. I think they're just fully expecting him as a leader of that football team to come back and play in, in valuable, you know, playoff caliber games. And I just think that Urban doesn't care. I don't think he cares that somebody does that. It's just the way I feel about it. See, I think, I think Urban cares greatly, but publicly he can't say that he cares. He doesn't seem like he cares. He care. He wants to win, boy. He, <laughs> he uh he wants to win bad, and I think he thinks this is a slight against him and his program for all the work they put into getting Nick Boza there for him not to come back because of a core injury after playing three games. That's that's a that's not really great. So I think he cares. Well, let's talk about something else that's near and dear to my heart. Okay. Did you see the targeting against Devin White? Yes. The, yes. It was a joke. It's a joke. It, it it really is a joke. And, you know, I, I tweeted about this Thursday night because uh, K.J. Costello was in the Stanford-Arizona State game. K.J. Costello was running for a first down, and I forget who pulled him down, but he literally grabbed Costello by the face mask during the run, turned him, whipped his head onto the ground, and he got 15 yards and a personal foul penalty. Devin White 
hits a guy, and he's kicked out of the game and kicked out of the first half of the Alabama game. The, the rule is so drastic. The, the, the penalty is so drastic, and I understand what they're trying to do, but the it, it's hard. I saw a targeting this week. The quarterback in the Penn State game, there was another one, Penn State-Indiana. Michael Penix, the quarterback for Indiana, comes in. The, the linebacker lowers his shoulder to hit him. Penix dips his shoulder into the Penn State uh, linebacker's head, targeting kicked out of the game. I mean, it's just it's crazy how the, the defense can't do anything in these games. And uh, for that to happen to Devin White is really, really unfortunate. Now, I saw a conspiracy theory on Twitter that the SEC and Alabama are colluding uh, to get LSU's best player out of the game. I'm not sure I buy that one, but it's really, really unfortunate that he's not only kicked out of this game, but misses the first half of the biggest game of the year. Yeah, and targeting was supposed to be helmet-to-helmet, you know, real dangerous football plays. Yeah. This wasn't that. This was, you know, it wasn't even hands to the face. It was, they say, the neck and head area. It was probably right below his throat, you know, where he sort of pushed him a little bit. But... If you're going to sit somebody for the half of the next game, which happens to be the Alabama game, happens to be the most important game on their schedule and a huge game with playoff implications, it should be a little bit more egregious than what Devin White did. And yeah. uh, I, I, I think they should have ratings, and I think they should be allowed to go back to change those ratings. I think, hey, listen, if that's your call on the field and you look at it um, you know, based on – immediate replay evidence yeah you say he's out of the game and that he's supposed to miss the next, but it shouldn't be a hard and fast rule you should be able to look at it and say you know what this kid all right he got kicked out he missed the last five minutes of the mississippi state game game was over anyways but there's no way he should sit that's what i think they should be allowed to do but obviously that's not going to happen and, and, um, and targeting is one of those things like they say about pornography mike and you know full well about pornography. I know nothing about that. I don't you, know what about. <laughs> you know it when you see it, you know? Like, if a receiver is coming across the middle and a safety comes down and puts his helmet right on his face mask, that's targeting. When Devin White pushes Nick Fitzgerald and his, the, the crown of his helmet brushes against his face mask, maybe, that's not targeting. So it's just a shame that everyone knows what targeting is, but the refs are calling any time a defender... And that's the thing, too. You can't go low on quarterbacks, and you can't go high on quarterbacks. And you it, it, it's hard to go middle. You can't be running at someone and then dip down and still hit him. So it, it was just a shame that that happened to Devin White, and it's a shame that that's happening to the sport. How bad is Nick Fitzgerald? Oh, man. You know, people think he's going to – there's no possible way he could be an NFL quarterback. I mean, he, nope. he runs so well, and that offense – but the offense is really suffering because Joe Moorhead is a brilliant offensive mind. What he, you know, what he did with Trace McSorley two years ago. Look at look at Penn State's offense this year. Trace McSorley has eleven touchdown passes. He's completing like fifty eight percent of his passes. I think he doesn't he either doesn't trust his receivers or he can't see them over the line. I don't know what it is. Um, but Nick Fitzgerald is going to have to switch positions. I mean, they scored three points against LSU. They had six against Florida, seven against Kentucky. That's that's not really good. Yeah, he's horrible. I mean, their, their offense is so one-dimensional. That game yeah. was extremely boring, which is, again, why it was garbage time. You know, so what are you going to do? Are you going to take out your best players with five minutes left in the fourth quarter so that they don't accidentally right. you know, hit somebody and get a targeting call like that? Because now, in hindsight, Devin White shouldn't have been on the field. 
Yeah. And I know. by the way, how good is Grant Delbert? I know he was he's awesome. I love should have been high a five star. School. I loved him in high school. Star. Nobody listened to me. You didn't listen to me. No, you told me it wasn't to shut you. Shut the hell up. It wasn't me. I I wrote in our final rankings in one of my three point stances. I wrote about five or six guys that I thought were ranked too low. Yeah. And Grant Delpit was one of them. He's number seventy in the country, and I had a feeling that this kid was going to be awesome. Yeah. So if we want to blame anybody, we can blame Rob Cassidy and uh, Nick Kruger. We can blame those two guys because let's blame them. Texas is where he came from, and you know IMG is where he played. So it's got to be those two guys who screwed this up. But yeah, he's the kid awesome. is unbelievable. Um, you know, I'm doing this Feral 50 thing midseason, which is, by the way, one of the hardest things I have to do because you have to figure out who is good in the middle of the season, and it's difficult, especially with games going on. I've got him like 37th or something. He's coming out tomorrow's list, and that's low. Yeah, uh, I think in the final, he's going to be in the top twenty. He's going to be one of the top twenty players in the country. Yeah, I think so too. He's phenomenal. That defense is very, very good. Um, the way that they're playing, you know, I, I, I don't see how they could possibly keep up with Alabama offensively. Um, but I think that could be an interesting game if somehow they could, if Ed Orgeron and Dave Aranda uh, can figure out a way to slow down Tua and that pass game. I think that game could be interesting, but. Um, I, I don't hold out much hope because I think Alabama, with that defense, um, which has been very good but not exceptional, um, I think the game could be interesting at LSU. But I, I have too much faith in Tua and those receivers, and it, it, they could just score points at will. It's amazing. Uh, Gary Danielson said something during the the Tennessee Alabama game when it was you know it was basically over in the first quarter that. Alabama's point totals in the first half, they're averaging 38 points per first half, would put them 23rd in the country. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. They're usually up 21 nothing by the end of the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's been the score, I think, three times this season. Yeah. It's 21 nothing. They maybe have 28 nothing. I don't even know. They have, 400, they have 433 points this season. That means they are... Uh, outscoring Mississippi State and Arkansas combined. Uh, they're just behind Auburn and Texas A&M combined. <laughs> that's amazing. Tua's having a pretty good year, too. 25 touchdowns, no interceptions. That's that's not, not too bad for a Tua that's star, not, as someone called bad. him once. Tua star. <laughs> We're going to bring that up forever. Of course, I hate him because he's a lefty, but still. <laughs> what are you going to do? How about Pullman? What an atmosphere that was. Awesome, huh? Yeah, it, it was. And, you know, the, the the danger of having game day so early and then playing the night game is that the crowd burns itself out or drinks itself out. You know what I'm saying, Mike? But I don't know what you're talking about. But. You know what I'm saying. But uh, the, it was a great atmosphere, and, and I do want to get your thoughts on this. If you're an NFL team, you love Justin Herbert that much? I mean... I do. I yeah. really do. And he's going to come back. Yeah. He just said he's coming back for his senior year. Um, you know, the reason I like him that much is because he can make every throw known to man. Yeah, he can. So, And the rest of the quarterbacks this year are not very good. I mean, who else are you going to take? Not that they're going to take him because, again, he says he's coming back. But who else do you like better as a pro prospect? Even even looking at the younger classes. Yeah. I don't like Tua, I don't like Tua better than Herbert. I don't like Haskins better than Herbert. Haskins can't deal with a pass rush. We yeah. learned that. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, 
I, I think he's got all the skills you're looking for. Who was it? Drew Brees? No, it was, uh, not Drew Brees. Uh, Bledsoe mm-hmm. said that he's hasn't seen a college quarterback in the last 20 years that has a skill set skill set of uh, of Herbert when it comes to making those throws. Uh, that would include Tom Brady, I think, right? Well, Tom Brady coming out wasn't <laughs> what everybody thought Tom Brady would be. Yeah, I, I, I like Patrick, Justin Herbert. Patrick I think. Mahomes is the best quarterback to come out of. I mean, we all knew I knew that. Yeah, you, you had that one pegged perfectly. Um, yeah. I think the hype on Herbert. Tweet. That tweet is never going to go away. <laughs> no, it's not going to go away. It's not going to go away. It's like the, it's like the, uh, the Matt Miller, Cam Newton's a tight end tweet. Yeah. It's just never going to stop. It's never going to die. I'm gonna I'm gonna die before that tweet stops being retweeted. And no matter how right you are on everything else, it's still going to just yeah, it come doesn't back. matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Well, everybody focuses on the negative. Yeah, right. I was waiting for people to jump into my defense on the Nick Bosa thing. Nobody jumped in. Not no. one person. No. All the snowflakes came out and said that I was a horrible, mean person. Yeah. And there wasn't one. Now Herb Street did say that he didn't approve of it. On game day, but he said it much more eloquently than I did. I'm, I'm not an eloquent person. No, he, you got right to the point. I did, which is what you're supposed to do. Right. But I don't know. Maybe that's why I'm such an amazing columnist is because I get right to the point. But I think Herb Street I... said he quit on his team, and I felt that he did as well. But, you know, I, I'm just waiting for somebody to, to not focus on the negative when it comes to Twitter. It's just not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen, and that's why it's a cesspool, and that's why – Daily active users are stagnant. Monthly active users are stagnant because no one wants to involve themselves in that. Anything so you say, negative. you're a jerk. You're an idiot. You know nothing. Where did if you play football? If I didn't have football? to do it for my job, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be on Twitter. Oh, no absolutely way not. Would I be on Twitter? Absolutely not. And I and you know I could be wrong just because of how I've formed my Twitter following and followers or whatever. But it's just for people to go on there and either report the news, follow the news. Or be snarky. That's like the only reason to be on that whole site. Yep. It's like, uh, it doesn't matter what you tweet. You can tweet anything you want. Yeah. Somebody's going to disagree with you. Yeah. But as for Herbert, Mike, I, I love the kid. I think he's very, very talented. Um, another one of those kids who was drastically, vastly under-recruited and ended up at a perfect spot for him. But when we're talking about the last 20 years of quarterbacks... Um, yeah, well, that's listen. It's Drew Bledsoe. Yeah, he's not a scout, and he doesn't really follow college football. That he's course. a winemaker now, I think, isn't he? Doesn't he? Doesn't he? Is he? I, I think so. Yeah. I don't know. It's a good thing he got hurt, otherwise Tom Brady wouldn't have led the Patriots <laughs> to five Super Bowls. That's all I could say. <laughs> yeah, the double back winery. That's for, former NFL quarterback Drew Bledsoe owning a winery has been a long time aspiration. So which team's going to get upset next? You know, that's a question that, that I was going to ask you. Um, let, let me look at the rankings. Because you know, some of these, you know, some of these undefeated teams. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Someone's going to get, I mean, Notre Dame, they could lose to Navy. Wouldn't no. stun me. They could. They have trouble with Navy every year. So three. Stun me. Are you talking about just the top three? Does do I'm any of those? about the undefeated. You know the the, the the Alabamas, Clemsons, and Notre Dames of the world. Okay, so Alabama obviously has LSU. That's going to be I at mean, least UCF an interesting. doesn't matter. Game. South Florida doesn't matter. They How about Charlie Strong? Matter. What a great coach! What, what a guy! 
I mean, he just took care of, what, UConn? That's tough. <laughs> yeah. I don't know um, how they won that game. 38-30. to 30. What an embarrassment. Yeah, that they is should have to. They should have to forfeit that win because they only beat UConn by eight points and they only scored 38 points against them. <laughs> I know. That is I mean, that's, that's, why, that's why the AAC and why the group of five, they, they don't matter. Nobody cares. Yeah, I, I don't want to hear about UCF, okay? Awful. I don't want to hear about UCF anymore. They beat a bad Auburn team in the bowl game last year. They think they beat Alabama. They play nobody every week. They just inched by Memphis. The next yep. week, Memphis goes to Missouri, and Missouri scores 65. They could have scored 165. So I don't want to hear anything about UCF anymore. Number 10 in the country is a joke. Uh, I don't want to hear it. So it's Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame. One could, of these teams is going to lose a game. Who's it going to be? Could Clemson go to Florida State and lose? I, I no, just don't I see that. Very difficult. They're certainly not going to lose to Louisville. I think at no. Boston College might be ah. slightly tricky. No. Duke and South no. Carolina, I just don't see happening. No, so they're not losing. Let's go to Alabama. Alabama LSU should be a good, decent enough game, at least a test. But when Nick Saban is tested and this team, which really hasn't been tested all year and has blown everybody out, gets tested, I think they're going to answer the bell and win 31-14. Mississippi State can't score. Citadel, Auburn can't score. Maybe in the SEC championship against Florida or Georgia. Maybe. Notre Dame's going to be the team that loses. Notre Dame. They're not going to lose to Navy. Navy is a bad football team. Houston just blew Navy out. You You never know. You never know. It's hard to prepare for Navy. If there's one game that I see on this schedule that could be tricky, I think Syracuse can score with Notre Dame, so that could be a shootout. They just benched their quarterback, though. Remember that. That's okay. So they got... Tommy DeVito is now their starting quarterback. He doesn't have the experience. At USC will be very tricky. If USC wants to play, which there are questions about USC even wanting to go on on the field anymore, uh, that could be a tricky game. The the prospect of ruining Notre Dame's college football playoff chance, uh, that will be the tricky game. If I had to say one team was going to lose, it would be Notre Dame. Something tells me all three are going to win out, and that's going to sound stupid, and it's going to sound like I can't look ahead, and it never happens that way, but I think all three win out. So that means Michigan is the fourth playoff team? No. The when winner, they beat Ohio State and run if the they, table. If they beat Ohio State, Harbaugh has not beaten Urban yet. Took him to overtime two years ago, but... Um, what about that call on, what was it, fourth down? In the Michigan game? Yeah. Bad call, bad spot. I don't know. You don't remember? No, I don't. There was a call like two years ago. Oh, oh, you're talking about the game in overtime two years. Yes, yes, very bad (laughs) spot. Yes. (laughs) All Uh, the 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 the, the angles of the picture. Remember, there was some where he was like seven yards short of the first down. Others where he got the first down like five yards. The angle was amazingly played with quite a bit. That was a close game, though. That was a very, very, very close game. Would would that be a good Final Four for you, Mike? Alabama. It would be Alabama, Notre Dame. No, it would be Alabama, Michigan, Clemson, Notre Dame. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. I think that would be nice. I'd like to see Clemson play Mich- I mean, Clemson play Notre Dame. I think Clemson would win. Yeah, I uh, do too. That game, but I think it would be a good game. And then Alabama, Michigan—that'd be real interesting. Because that yeah. defense against that offense, I would love to see. 
Now, there's a chance it could be like the Alabama-Notre Dame game in, what, 2012? Or the Alabama-Michigan State game, yeah, where Alabama yeah, wrecked them. It could be ugly, but and Don Brown is a god. Don't forget. He is. And that's only because he coached at Boston College and had the number one defense in the country two years in a row at Boston College, which is impossible to do. But Don Brown can keep them in that game. And that running game, I like the running game. I, 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 you know, offensive line isn't very good, but no. Higdon, he always falls forward. They can slow down the game quite a bit. Yep. I just don't know if the defense can hang. I just don't know if the defense can hang with Alabama. Alabama is very good. That, but Michigan, uh, that would be a, that would be a very interesting game. Something tells me it'd be close for a quarter and a half, and then Alabama would score. Michigan would turn the ball over. Alabama would score again, and then Michigan wouldn't be able to keep up. But, but then uh, it would be Clemson-Alabama again. Again, yeah. And uh, that would be that would be very, very interesting. Trevor Lawrence in the national title game as a freshman. How good does he look? He's Yeah, I know. He looks great. He looks very, very good. And, and I, you know, I we had him number one. Out of all so. the quarterbacks, we had number one. Out of all of them over the years, no one's looked better this early. No, no, definitely no one. not. This kid is just unbelievable. I watch the ball come off his hand, and then I watch, like, Lewerke throw. Yeah. Or Shea Patterson, who was our number one quarterback a few years ago, throw. And the ball comes off, and it's just, like, hanging. And this kid's ball, I mean, he is throwing the ball on a, on a just laser-like level. Now, let me ask I'm you this. I'm telling you who question. he is. He's, he's, Peyton Man- he's Peyton Manning. That's let, who he is. That's let me, exactly who he is. Let me ask you a serious question, except for with those awful Brad uh, Paisley commercials. Hopefully Trevor Lawrence never stoops I like that those level. commercials. They you don't are, like those commercials? One was funny. Now we're on to oh, round seven. Funny. No, Little baby not. shoes? That's <laughs> funny. Let me ask I you this question. every time. Serious question. You're an NFL team. If you could take Trevor Lawrence or Justin Herbert right now, who would you take? Trevor Lawrence. Absolutely. I completely Without agree. hesitation. I completely agree. So if He's Justin, going to be the number one pick in two years. So I mean, if, not two years, whatever, three years. Yeah, if Justin Herbert is the best quarterback in the last 20 years, then Trevor well, Lawrence is again, the best, best quarterback in the last 200 years. We're talking talented as far as arm talent yeah. and things like that. And we're talking about what Drew Bledsoe said. We're not right. talking about anybody else. <laughs> Not that Drew Bledsoe doesn't know what he's talking about. I mean, the guy was a great quarterback. Right. Herbert has tremendous arm talent, but he is not Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence in two years from now is going to be so amazing. He's going to win a Heisman. He's going to win a national championship. He's going to be the number one pick overall. He's going to have an NFL career like Peyton Manning. He's going to set records. There's just no doubt. The kid, unless he gets hurt, is so unbelievably talented, he's head and shoulders above everybody else. He yes. is, I would say, I'm going to say this out loud. Okay, ready? okay. The most talented quarterback in college football right now, period, hands down. Done. I can't, I can't argue with that. I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm going to go down the list very quickly. Tua And try to there. make some counter arguments. Haskins is there. You know, you got guys that are Heisman candidates. Kyler Murray. Yeah. It's not even close. It's not even close. Yeah, I'm waiting for him to hit the Heisman hype here. When's that going to happen? 
I don't know. But, yeah, Tua, let's see. I, I can't even think of a guy that would be even close. I, I thought Drew Locke had that possibility, but he's been having a very average season. Here's nah, an average. Yeah. I, oh, absolutely. I think I think without question he, he is. If he played the entire season, you got to remember, 54 attempts for Kelly Bryant. Yeah. 34 attempts for Chase Bryce because Trevor Lawrence got hurt and mop-up time. If he had 200 attempts right now, completing 68% of his passes, you would guess that he would be right around 18 touchdowns, two interceptions, passer rating in the 170 range. Yeah, and maybe an interception or two more, but yeah. Maybe, maybe, but he doesn't really throw them that often, so... You know, so he'd be in the Heisman discussion. Let's say 18 touchdowns, three interceptions. Yeah. He would and this is for a team that runs the ball a lot. Yeah, I mean, Travis Etienne has uh, double touchdowns double. than any other running back in the ACC. Right. So, I don't know. Um, Trevor has lived up to his ranking and then some. And I think his numbers are just going to get better and better and better. Yeah, he's incredibly talented, and I'm happy – that we had him number one because there was a lot of Justin Fields talk and he's just the wildcat option sometimes for Georgia right now and that could that will change maybe in the future. Will. I don't Justin know why Fields they're doing special. that. And JT why are Daniels, they doing that? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know why they think that he can't throw the ball. I don't know. I can't figure out a lot of things in college football. No. All right, ready? Another question. Yes. The worst. Top 15 team in the country is... Well, hold on. Before you ask me this question, you have to tell me to look at the top 15. Because All right, look at the top 15. I'm not that versed. Figured you had it open. The worst top 15 team in the country is... Is... It rhymes with... Washington? <laughs> no. <laughs> it rhymes with... Im... Rocky. <laughs> Kentucky? Come on. Yeah, they just beat Vanderbilt by a touchdown. I mean, come on. That's a joke. They're 6-1. and one. I get it. They're having a good season. Blah, blah, blah. Lost to Texas A&M and Kellen Mond, who's, you know, still hasn't panned out as the five-star. I was hoping they would pan out as. No. Vanderbilt, 14-7. Please. I put them on shame this week. You're 6-1. and one. You're number 12 team in the country, and you beat Vanderbilt by one touchdown. I know Benny Snell, who listens to this quite a bit. I just got an email from Dave Barry. Are you not listening to us, Dave? Dave, Dave, you can't be multitasking. Sorry, guys. I, 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 I'm killing two birds with one stone here. <laughs> Why are you checking your email, Mike? Yeah, it, Mike. Just, it, it pops up. Yeah, we can't be bothered during this. We're in a stream of thought. Yeah, I don't want to mess you guys up. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin the okay. flow. Okay. Those are some big commitments you're talking about there. Yeah. Too. Some really overrated players that are about to pop. One of them in particular. And let's, you know who I'm talking yep. about. Let's skip, uh, let's skip Kentucky because no one cares, Mike. Jim Harbaugh said this today, according to Graham Couch. And I'm not sure who Graham Couch is. He is... Oh, the Lansing State Journal sports columnist. Jim Harbaugh on Mike Mark D'Antonio. It's not a product of the team, but their program. Coach D'Antonio was right behind it. 
that had all the earmarkings and evidence of an evidence of an orchestrated stormtrooper march. <laughs> nice. I love when Nazi references are made. <laughs> it's just always the smartest thing to do is to make those references. Well, your boy Ari Wasserman, you know how much we love him. Yes. He said, I'm beginning to question recruiting rankings after Purdue beat Ohio State. What say you, Gorney? Oh, my God. Other people have questioned this, too. Doesn't that enrage you? Not really, because the people that say it are just so naive and just don't know anything. There have been studies done, studies, 10 years, of if you recruit how many four stars and five stars you recruit, and if you do not recruit five stars, you will not win national championships. It has been proven. There has been no deviation from that. It's if you recruit five-star kids, you will win. Recruiting rankings. Alabama has won what? 10 of the last 12? Look at how they've been on the field. Clemson, top five every year. Look how they've done on the field. Do you think that's just an anomaly? Do you think that's just a complete coincidence? Um, See, I got you fired up. We do, not, we do not base our rankings off of where the kids commit. They're, they're ranked far before that. Their rankings change far. up and down. Kids that commit to Clemson get dropped. Kids that commit to Clemson get put up. And still, Alabama has the best class every year. Ohio State is high. They, have, they win the Big Ten every year. Clemson is high. Oklahoma is high. Texas has been recruited Caden Stearns last year, and he's been one of the best safeties in the game. They're a top ten team. Georgia is high. Do you think this is last year? Yes. Do you, Do you think this is all just a, a complete coincidence? Because Purdue beats Ohio State once, and maybe we had Rondale Moore ranked wrong. That does not mean that they would beat them ten times, and it doesn't mean that Purdue's any good. Purdue lost to Eastern Michigan. Should we rank Eastern Michigan kids higher because they beat Purdue? It's a It's a It's the dumbest argument I've ever heard. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to get you fired up. Mm-hmm. Did okay. you see Gavante Turpin got arrested for assault Sunday? Assaulting a family member. What the heck? I know. I, I didn't know he could, like, he's so short. I didn't know he, he could reach up and punch somebody. I didn't think he'd well, reach his, his head. his family might be just the same. Just as short. <laughs> right. Just as short. He was the whole reason that game was interesting on Saturday. Yeah. The whole reason. Yeah. Other than that, it was a joke. So, you didn't answer my question. Who is the most overrated top 15 team? Is it Washington? Washington. They've been disappointing this year. Yeah. They finally won a game by more than one touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. Washington. But they lost to Auburn, who's bad. Yeah. Who else did they lose to? They lost to Oregon. Oh, they lost to Oregon when yeah. they missed the field goal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they are over they are overrated, but fifteen is not twelve. Yeah, twelve. Uh I you know, I, I'm still not super sold on Florida at nine. We'll see. I'd, I'd say they're the sleeper of the group. Nobody's paying attention to Florida at all. It's all about Georgia. But number nine in the country, we're heading toward their cocktail party. Are you ready? And I'm not. And I'm certainly not convinced of Texas at six. That's that's a little high for my liking. Well, you beat Oklahoma. You get up there. I am. Got to be ranked ahead of Oklahoma, and Oklahoma shouldn't be lower than eight, should they? No, they shouldn't. I am ready so. for the world's largest outdoor cocktail Will party. Will you be drinking? No, because you're not allowed to call it that anymore because it's offensive or someone no. got drunk and arrested. Another so snowflake? Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. So, snowflake uh, issue? 
uh, Saturday, I will, I'm sure, be watching that game. I'm very interested in it. I've attended the game for many years. They have terrible food at that. They, they serve hot dogs, which is so embarrassing. I love hot dogs. Yeah, but come on. Florida, Georgia, you should have some, you know, crawfish or something southern. Uh, crawfish just came to mind for southern there. I don't know why. Yeah, but, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why either. But ha- have something. Have something nice. It's a, it's a great stadium, a, an awesome environment. Half the stadium is red. Half the stadium is blue. The parking lots are packed with people having beverages. It's fun, great environment. And then I get hot dogs in the press box. It's it, it, Those those were the, the lean years. You know what I'm saying, Mike? I don't know. I would be pretty happy with hot dogs in the press box. I, I think Georgia I think Georgia takes care of business. I, the, the spread is seven. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. But I definitely think Georgia wins the game. We would be remiss if we didn't leave without talking about Nebraska. Yes. They love you so much on the Red Sea Scrolls. They love your support for the program itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that victory? Very good victory for them. Terrible look by Minnesota. 53 points they gave up. And you know what, Mike? They're going on a two-game winning streak. I'm predicting it right now. They're hot because Bethune-Cookman comes to Lincoln this week. (laughs) And you're not going to lose to Bethune-Cookman. And in my fantasy stuff this week, Nebraska player at every position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver. No. You have to get him in the game against Bethune-Cookman. Come on. Uh, I guess so. There aren't too many layup games at this late stage of the season. And then just like stocks, you sell them all going into the Ohio State game the following week. So you think you should take Martinez? Absolutely. As your quarterback this week? Definitely. There's no Stanley doubt about Morgan, it. for sure. No, J.D. Spielman. Oh. They're going to Spielman more and Divino Zigbo. So all three of those guys and the Nebraska defense, I don't care. It's Bethune-Cookman. How do you know they're not good? They do score points, actually, but they're scoring points against North Carolina A&T, South Carolina State. I actually sadly spent time looking this up yesterday, which is a sign of maybe heading to the window to jump out. But um, I don't know if I'd take their defense, but they're going to score points. If they could score 53 on Minnesota, they're feeling good about themselves. The Wildcats are coming into town. Early start. Martinez is going off. What if they lose to Bethune Cookman? <laughs> then Scott Frost should be on the hot seat. He should be out. Do you think so? <laughs> yeah. That's that's the one. Do you think there'd be a meltdown? Perhaps. Yes, there would be quite the meltdown. Well, you got the Gatorade shower, so congratulations, Nebraska. You are off the Schneid. UCLA has won two games in a row. Things are starting to normalize in college football a little bit. We're no longer looking at winless power programs. I think we can end it here if Dave Barry's done emailing. All right. Well, you guys have my full attention now. Uh, we'll, we'll end the show here, and I'll just remind everybody real quick. Please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps us out a lot. And you can also follow us on Twitter, at RivalsMike, at Adam Gorney, and at Real Dave Barry. We will see everybody again next week.